Hi, I'm Ben Rizzuto, wealth strategist at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of futures. At Janice Henderson, we are committed to helping you invest in a brighter future for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. I'm Scott Wapner, and you're listening to CNBC's Halftime Report, the podcast, the most profitable hour of the trading day. We record this live weekdays at 12 Eastern. Listen in. Carl, thanks so much. Welcome to the Halftime Report. I'm Scott Wapner. Front and center this hour, the record run for stocks and the big question, how long can it last? We'll ask the investment committee today, find out what they are buying and selling and joining me for the hour, Stephanie Link, Degas Wright, Josh Brown, John Najarian. He's the co-founder of MarketRebellion.com. Let's go to the wall, check the markets where stocks are extending those record highs. Investors digesting several key earnings reports. You see Dow, S&P, NASDAQ all in the green. You've had earnings strong. Transports are hitting a new high. There's the yield on the 10-year. It's remaining stable. We were going to begin with the markets hitting new records until I learned some news about John Najarian's Facebook position. And, John, I want to go right to you because I understand you've been selling and selling a fair amount over the past few days. Yeah, Scott. Um, and I, I don't know if it's really breaking news, but, uh, yeah, I've cut my stock position in half, Scott. Still have uh, the option position that I described to you guys a couple weeks ago. But the combination of uh, Ms. Hagan's testimony um, to the Congress and then over in Europe, uh, as well as the fact that uh, Facebook has said that what Apple has done with their new settings um, has impacted and is likely to continue to impact Facebook's ability to offer ads of the sort that people expected. I think that continues to weigh on that stock, Scott. So um, I didn't want to own as much stock as I did. So I've continued to lighten up on that. Calls are a different story. I can risk, you know, 3 and $4 on calls rather than $330, $340 per share on the stock. So I've decided to cut the exposure to the stock dramatically. Yeah, I mean, it is breaking news for us, Doc, when what was one of your <clears throat> larger positions gets cut in half, mm -hmm. especially when we're spending time today talking about an earnings report. Now, the flip side, of course, is Stephanie Link who just bought Facebook last Wednesday, going into the print and tells mm -hmm. us today that she is buying more stock. So you're taking the other side of Doc? I'm taking the other side of Doc. Um, look, I, I did not own this or buy this for the quarter. I bought it because numbers had come down so much and expectations had come down so much to account for the privacy changes. Everyone's going to go through this with Apple, so they're no different. But the numbers had come down, the valuation had come down to 20 times earnings, 10 times EBITDA, and I think they can grow ad, ad, their ad business 20% on a sustainable basis. Now, look, the quarter was mixed. Um, I'm going to take the positive side, 35% year-over-year revenue growth. U.S. and Canada had DAUs that grew, which was a surprise. OPEX was lower, and I think the new disclosures where they're breaking out their traditional businesses to, um, you know, some of the newer initiatives that they're, they're talking about, Metaverse in particular, I think that will get them a, a 
better rating, a re-rating. We saw that with Google, Microsoft, Amazon, when they disclosed more. So I think as Facebook discloses more, you'll get a higher multiple. And I think this is a great long-term growth story on sale. I mean, okay, Steph, so I'm, I'm looking, you, you say the quarter's mixed, and yes, technically it's mixed, okay? Their EPS beat, their revenues missed, their revenue outlook missed, the monthly users missed, and they met their daily user numbers. So the story was more negative than positive. I think we can objectively say that. What I want to know from you is, does this show there are finally cracks in what has been a fairly Teflon story? I don't think so, Scott. I really don't. I mean, I think I look at the U.S. and Canada seeing DAUs grow for the first time in years. That was very positive to me. I look at revenue growth growing at 35 percent year over year. That's still very respectable. And I do think expectations have come down considerably. This is a profitable company with size and scale. You want to compare this to Snap? Because Snap's not profitable and it trades at 23 times price to sales. If you want to look at price to sales on Facebook, it's eight times. You want to look at Twitter, it's 11 times. So this is a growth story that has pulled back 15% from its highs, maybe a little bit more now. And I will continue to add to it and build out my position. I started with a small position. Again, it wasn't for the quarter. It was because I thought there was opportunity. Growth on sale is what I like to look for on the growth side of my portfolio. Steve Weiss is also alerting us that he sold some of his Facebook as well. So our own investment committee uh, is certainly taking sides. Degas, you own Facebook as well. The street is weighing in today. There are some price target cuts. Overwhelmingly low, though, the street is coming to the defense. J.P. Morgan reiterates it. Overweight did cut the price target. Barclays maintains outperform, did cut the price target. Goldman maintains buy, cuts the price target. That's largely, Degas, the story you're getting today. Backing up the stock, but maybe bringing the price target in a bit because of some of the challenges that exist. What do you make of it? Yes, yeah, Scott, what we make of it is that I'm probably closer to John because what we have an underweight to Facebook uh, because ultimately the whistleblower really shined a negative light on the Facebook algorithms. However, we're seeing that overall it's not going to have a significant impact on Facebook in the long term. You know, if we want to deal with these issues, we're going to have to have regulatory guidance. However, without that, Facebook is still going to be the place to get these ads. And that's where they're going to be really focusing on and generating ads. And that's where we continue to see a upside for Facebook. But once again, in the short term, there will be a pullback. And that's what we're seeing. All right, Josh, give me the download then. You've heard what everybody has to say. I know you have a negative overall view of the company and you don't own the stock. And maybe there's another social stock that you prefer to Facebook. But what do you make of the results? What do you make of you, what you've heard from your, your fellow committee members today? I, I don't take delight when a large, popular, widely held stock goes down. Like, I, I, don't, I don't do I told you so. Um, but I have been referring to this company's product as cigarettes. I understand it's the most effective advertising engine in the world which I think is more than uh, represented in its current market cap. But from a technical perspective, I think it's on the verge of losing its 200-day moving average for the first time since March of this year. That happens very rarely in the history of Facebook stock, and it almost always bounces off of that level. So I could be wrong, and it bounces once again at, let's call it 319, 320. I don't think that's how this is going to resolve. I think the stock will have a two-handle um, before it's done. Listen to what they're telling you. They're telling you that there is a long-term challenge 
uh, to the way that they're doing advertising and a long-term roadblock that rhymes with Snapple. And they're talking about the metaverse, which is laughable uh, as a replacement for the ad model. It is not going to replace the ad model. Zuckerberg is saying the latter part of this decade, it might be a business. Latter part, it's 2021, it might be a business. They're going to put another $10 billion into that. They're going to have $100 billion in investing uh, next year in 2022 is the current guidance. I don't think they shouldn't invest in the metaverse. I think they should. I just think it's going to be a very long time to get from here to there. And there's going to be a cloud over this name for a while, given all of these challenges. I don't care about the whistleblower stuff. Everything that's been reported, we all already knew that. We know what these people are capable of. And we know what they've been doing. I don't that that part, the ethical part, I assume every gigantic technology company is ethically challenged. What's going on here is a slowing of the ad business and nothing to replace it for a very long time in terms of profitability. And that's going to be a tough hold for investors here. So I'm rooting for Facebook longs. I'm not short the name. I just want nothing to do with this dip. Okay, so Steph, he's rooting for you, he says, because you're a Facebook long. And I'm going to give you the last word before we move on. What about what Josh had to say? It's not about the noise. It's about the challenges to the fundamentals of this company. But they all have challenges now because Apple changed the rules, right? So it's not just Facebook alone. No, they don't. Amazon does not. Google does not. Snap, no, Snap not does, true. and not Snap correct. was down twenty five. And Snap, I don't care Snap about was Snap. down twenty five percent. I do. I care about the competition. I look at Twitter and Snap and Facebook all the same because they're in the same genre, right? And so they do have the exposure. And I'm looking where there is relative value, and there is relative value. Their family of operations, that one segment that they're breaking out, is fifty percent margins. That's huge. That's not going away anytime soon. So, yeah, Metaverse hey, is going to take a Twitter long time doesn't to see have the same challenge. Out. It's a tri- it's it's a tr- it's a trillion Twi- Metaverse is a trillion dollar total addressable market potentially. So, Scott asked me if I thought the growth Maybe. rate or the growth story had cracks in it. We don't know. But the fact of the matter is they're spending $10 billion on this. That's not chump change. Not even for them. And oh, by the way, they're buying back stock, too. So I like that as well. So I don't think that the growth rate, I think the the story has changed and it is changing and evolving. And I would want a growth company with all that cash to be putting stuff to work so that they can continue to see other areas where they can grow when there are challenges in some of their other businesses. The Twitter, the Twitter comparison is not apt. They do not have the same challenge from the iOS privacy change because Twitter has historically not been as good as Facebook at figuring out things about its <laughs> users. Twitter relies on major events and, and major cultural conversations, uh, and, and that the is the stories, bulk of their one, advertising business. They're not and, as good at this. And one of the... So And one of the bull cases for Twitter is that they do eventually get the ad business right. Right. I've owned that stock before many times. I know you have, too. But that has always been a problem. So maybe it's not as big a problem for them as Facebook, but it will be a problem that they can't get that business going. So 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 let's do this. Let's pivot the story, Josh, to a stock that you that you much prefer. That's Alphabet. So we're going to get those numbers, too, along with Microsoft. Um, Alphabet's one of the better performing mega caps along with uh, Microsoft this year. Um, it's uh, Microsoft's at a new high today. Alphabet gets reiterated by over at Jefferies. The target goes to 33.25. That's a 20% upside from here. Josh, tell me about 
Alphabet why you prefer it over all, uh, maybe all of the other mega caps, if, if that's the way you see it. So, like, let's do the comparison where, where it makes sense, right? Um, it, the question has always been, if digital advertising is a duopoly, essentially, then which one is better to own, Facebook or Alphabet? And I've always said Alphabet, and I think over the last year I've, I've been vindicated. Alphabet is up 68% over the last year. The Qs are up 33%, and Facebook's up 15 including today's uh, 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 damage. So uh, this is a stock that has far outpaced its peers, I think, when you look at the fundamentals, that's actually justified. Let's talk about what's being expected today, just to give people some sense of what's happening here. They're going to do something like $63.5 billion in sales, $16.2 billion uh, in, in profit for this quarter. Understand the comps. Last year, that same quarter, $46 billion in sales and $11 billion in profit. This is the fastest growth rate for Alphabet year over year in 15 years. Not only are they not facing the same headwinds that Facebook is facing, actually, um, unique among all the fangs, their business is accelerating. Why? What did I tell you about this company? It's a reopening play. Yes, it got the help of people in the pandemic being on the Internet, blah, blah, blah. What do you think people start their day with before they go out and do something? They research it online. They search Google, not Facebook. This was the reopening large cap tech play. And the, the, the performance of the stock this year actually bear that out. So I think this is going to be the best report in the company's history. It's a 38% increase in revenue year over year. I don't know what else I need to say. If I were holding a mic rather than having a mic on my tie, I would drop it on the floor and step on it. <laughs> and Steph, I mean, the only I know you're not going to hate on on Alphabet because because you own it. Um, the only negative that maybe yeah. you you hang on it is, as Josh said, it's an overwhelming positive, And that's the stock performance year to date. It's a near 60 percent gain. Twenty seven times earnings. Yeah. Twenty seven times earnings. It's OK. It's, it's OK. <laughs> it's up 58 percent. And I took some gains. I thought that was prudent to do. But I still own a, a very large position. I do agree that it's going to be a good quarter with operating leverage. And that's the reason why the stock is re-rated, because they have actually delivered for the last couple of quarters operating leverage. I think they're going to have very strong top line. I think cloud could grow 45 to 50 percent in the quarter. And I actually think that YouTube can grow 47, 50 percent in the quarter. Remember, they grew 84 percent last quarter. As for it being a reopen play, only 10 percent of search is travel. So that's a big, a nice part of it. But there's so much more to this company. But my point is, this stock is trading at a premium to Facebook, which I actually disagree with. And Facebook hasn't delivered recently in terms of its share price. And I'm trying to take advantage of that. I'm trying to buy a, a good quality company lower, where I think fundamentals over the long term will be very strong. YouTube, Dingus, search and maps are all better businesses than anything Facebook owns. Josh, that's your opinion. No, profit-wise. Degas? Okay, so um, as it relates to uh, Alphabet, uh, we, li we like the company, and we're continuing to hold the company. And so ultimately what we're seeing is that this is a dominant force, as Josh was saying, as it relates to global, global search, the cloud, and it's going to continue to do well in this space. Plus, 
We like the valuation. It's a little expensive, but we, we like the valuation at these levels plus the profitability. So once again, this is a hold for us. Doc, I mean, there, there, I'll give you the Microsoft because, I mean, it's no slouch, obviously. I, I said the stock hit a new high. It's up near 40 percent um, year to date. If Pete was here, he'd yes, be sir. banging the table to tell you why Microsoft is so great and why, you know, the Sachin Nadella has been doing a great job there, too. Um, give me the read through here and then we'll move to another story. All right, Scott, I, I think one of the read throughs is, uh, of course, most of what they deliver, they deliver by zeros and ones. That is, they're using the Internet, whether it's they're powering it with Azure or whether they're delivering their software via the Internet. That's the great part of their business. Uh, But then they also have the hardware side of their business. That's what I'm going to be interested in, Scott, because if they start saying negative things about how supply is so constrained that they can't get enough product out there, that might be a lead in to what Apple, who delivers far more product as far as those iPhones, Macs, um, iPads, and the like, all of that, I think, is going to be very interesting and perhaps telling in the Microsoft call. So are they going to do great? I believe they will. Um, but could there be some kinks because of the lack of ability to deliver on the demand that is out there? Again, that could be a read through, Scott, into Apple two days hence. All right. So let's do this. I, I do want to have a conversation about the broad market because I do have some interesting notes that I think our viewers would, would appreciate and find interesting. Let's hit Tesla, though, before we do that. Obviously hitting a trillion dollars in market cap, joining that club yesterday, the stock trading above $1,000 a share. I bring it up today because we do actually have two people on the show today who own the stock. It's up again today. There you go, one and three quarters percent. It's sitting above a trillion dollars in market cap. Dr. J, uh, talk to me here. What do you see on this one? Is the options market telling you anything? Um, Yeah, they've bet and been right and right and right on this one, Scott. Just in the last 10 days, they were buying the 850 calls that expire the end of this month, the end of this week, actually, I guess. Um, Then they rolled up to the 900 calls that expire in November. Then they rolled up to the 950s. And now they're rolling up and I've rolled up with each of those. Now I'm in those 1010s out in January, Scott. I mean, this one is just a monster. Um, basically, uh, just as it's exploded to the upside, as Elon Musk has distanced himself from the field as far as the richest humans on the planet, um, the stock just, can, you know, that Hertz news was unbelievable. It's great for all the EV makers, of course, that Hertz would make that kind of commitment. Um, it was also great for some of the battery and charging, like Blink like American Battery and Tech, anybody who's involved in that space, Scott, has to just be cheering uh, that news. And knock on wood, this one's now become my third largest position. That's because of where the Mm. stock has gone, not because I've just kept adding to it. But my gosh, the stock is just on fire. Yeah, no, it certainly is. It's uh, adding slightly to its gains today. Again, it's above $1,000 a share. We thought it was only right since we brought him in yesterday to tell us about his new call buying. Steve Weiss joins us on the phone now to tell us about some of his new call selling. Uh, Steve Weiss, you sold 75% of your Tesla calls, I understand. Just the getting was too good. Yeah, the getting was too good. I mean, I sold them. They were up between 350 and 500% in 24 hours. Uh, I owned, unlike John, I owned the November 26, 1050s, December 3rd, 1100s. 
uh, and uh, also the December 3rd, uh, 1150s. So it was, um, I mean, look, when, when something moves that quickly, and I did not expect it, I thought the month would continue. And then you've got time value that you're going to lose if the stock just stays flat. It just seemed prudent to book that kind of gain that, uh, that you take at any point in time. So if the stock falls back, I still think the momentum's there that uh, maybe I'll revisit at that point. But this is purely the momentum of the stock moving along with the momentum of the fundamentals. As you know, I've got a, a very, very sizable position in Volkswagen and Porsche, which is also in the EV space, which I just think is a lot cheaper and a lot more durable than Tesla at this point. So happy to take the profits. Let me ask you one quick question. Sure. I'll ask you a a quickie before I let you run. Um, To my recollection, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, um, is this the first time in in many years that you've played around in Tesla shares or or options in in any way? It's the first time in a long time. So I periodically have been short the stock, and I don't think I ever made money on the short, frankly. And I periodically have been long it. But, yeah, it's been – I don't remember the last time I was involved in the stock. Scott, so your recollection. Yeah, may yeah, yeah, that's what I, that's what I figured, because I don't recall us. Uh, pardon me, Steve. I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't recall us having this conversation uh, any time in, in recent memory. I appreciate you calling in. I just wanted to get an update. I felt we did. We uh, we owed that to our viewers. If they heard from you uh, yesterday, they should hear from you again today if, if you made a move. I also, I, as I said, I don't want to ignore the broader story in the market today. We have new highs again. Dow and the S&P We're only 17 points or so away from forty six hundred uh, on the on the S&P as well. Uh, look at that, 40, uh, 4582. So we're getting closer to 4600 there. There's the Dow Jones Industrial Average today, 35795, uh, we'll call it. And we do have some positive notes out today. Steph, you know, Marco Kalanovic, um, he's been right on the money lately telling you that risk assets were going to do well. And he said the risk market rebound is going to extend itself because of what we're learning from many different companies. And it's not just tech, it's all sorts of different sectors, not to mention the seasonality which everybody has been citing over the last 10 days to two weeks, that's a positive outlook for for stock investors. Yeah, I totally agree with his call. I think the markets are higher because earnings have been good. We only have seen about 30% of the S&P market cap companies report so far, so we have a ways to go. But they're beating by almost 13%, 80% are topping expectations. And why it's so important is because stocks follow earnings. They follow profits. And I expect them to be good. I expect 3Q earnings to be strong. I expect guidance to be tempered because of supply constraints. I expect cycles to be elongated because supply constraints. And I think that the setup into the end of the year is definitely risk on for sure. And I think it's more cyclicals, more reopens, because I think that's a theme that will last into next year. And at the same time, I'm buying things like Facebook because I'm looking for growth on sale. Josh, I do find it interesting when you have two notable strategists and names that frequently get mentioned on our program and the network at large who have differing opinions on where they think stocks can go in a reasonably short and same period of time that they're looking at the market. I said Kalanovic, he's bullish, okay? We've, we've known that. Uh, B of A, Savita Subramanian says today, we see more downside risk to the S&P 500 through year end. Their year-end target is 4250. That's notably lower than where we are today. I said we're knocking on the door of 4600, and a lot of people think that momentum is with the bulls. She talks about extended valuations, near euphoric sentiment, 
uh, a sell side indicator and peak margin risks because of supply chains, labor inflation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, what side do you come down on if you had to pick between the two views? It's really tough because there's no science involved with this. It's, all, it's almost all art, meaning everyone's looking at the same data and then they're overlaying the bias toward what their gut tells them the data is set whispering in their ear. But in the end, if there were a formula to take all these data points about sentiment and strategists and, and, uh, and, and valuation and, and mix that in the pot and come up with an answer, we would all have access to that answer. So we know it's art. So I don't really worry too much about it. Here's the reality. All-time high Dow, all-time high S&P 500, all-time high NDX, uh, XLF, XLK, XLY is going vertical. Home Depot, cost lows, vertical. Look at this run by the transports. We nailed that on the show, by the way. Unbelievable. The ARC complex is on a sick run right now. Uh, NVIDIA is goaded. Pull up a chart of NVIDIA, NVDA. Um, if this metaverse nonsense turns out to be a real thing, by the way, this will be the largest market cap in the world. Microsoft all-time high, XLE, 52-week high. That's what you need to be focused on. To try to look at like, oh, there's margin pressure. What you're seeing from the largest corporations in America is they've been successful at passing those higher costs on. They can't do that into infinity, but that's the story of this earnings season. Steph probably knows more about that than any of us. If you listen, company after company, they're telling you that what this big fear in the market is, this inflation story, they're managing it. It's not great. But it's not catastrophic, and that's why that whole rundown of price action I've given you is probably the better thing to focus on because the market's not stupid. People are figuring this out, and that's what we're seeing across the board. Uh, you, you have to really be searching for stocks that don't look good right now. Cruises, airlines, Facebook. I can't really think of that many others. So that's how I look at it. I don't worry too much about predictions. I focus on what's happening today. Can you just do the mic drop officially now so that I can go to break? Because I, I, don't, I don't feel a need to, That's to get fine. another comment I'll go get a pastrami sandwich. And then we'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, have two, you have about two and a half minutes to do it. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. We do have more earnings out today. Plays right into our committee, too, including General Electric. Nelson Peltz told us he's bullish on the company. It's one of Stephanie Link's favorite names. We're going to get that trade straight ahead. We're back in just two minutes. Old Dominion Freight Line was built on keeping promises. With an industry-leading on-time delivery record and low claims rate, we keep promises better than any other LTL freight carrier because we treat every shipment like it's our most important one. Visit ODFL.com to learn more. What does it mean to be rich? Maybe it's less about reaching a magic number and more about discovering the magic in life. At Edward Jones... Our dedicated financial advisors are the people you can count on for financial strategies that help support a life you love. Because the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Learn more about our comprehensive approach to planning at edwardjones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Watch earnings, watch sales. You have a company that... There is nothing more you can do bad to a company. The, they had the best, uh, uh, the, the, the best airline, Air Force, airplane business in the world, and they got shut down. Okay, that's coming back. 
They've got a manager. Manager. I rarely ever met any who can hold his jacket. Cope is phenomenal. And let me tell you something. He's done a great job, and it will start to show itself. All right, that was Nelson Peltz with us last week speaking about, of course, General Electric. The company reported an EPS beat, a revenue miss. All right, Steph, you've been the biggest supporter of this stock on this show. What do you say now? I thought it was a very solid quarter. Earnings beat, as you mentioned, led by power and aviation. Aviation orders grew 70% year over year. That's incredible. Total revenue organically grew 10%. The biggest thing I look at with this company, and Boeing, by the way, is free cash flow, and they actually beat. They came in at $1.7 billion in free cash flow versus $1 billion expectations. Guidance was a little mixed. I think some of that supply chain, but margins, they're now saying, are going to be up 350 basis points this year versus up 250. That's remarkable for a company like GE. Tells you there's still a lot of fat in this company. He's doing a great job. I like the story. Okay, then there's UPS, Degas, which beat stocks up nicely today. I thought one of the best lines of the entire day came from Jim Cramer earlier when he said of the UPS earnings report, quote, a true blowout in the face of what many thought would be a blow up. You got to be happy with this report. Look at that stock move today. Exactly, Scott. I'm definitely happy. Uh, Carol Tumay and her leadership team has done a great job. There was uh, excellent growth in Asia and Europe of over 30%, and that's what's really driving their uh, results today. Ultimately, this is a company with great valuation, very attractive at these levels, profitability at the top decile, and then we, we're seeing that the analysts are starting to increase the revenue and also the EPS. It also has a 2% dividend yield. Long term for sustainability, they're looking at getting about 30% of their global air fleet to use sustainable aviation fuel. Once again, this is hitting on all cylinders. Yeah, speaking of Kramer, uh, by the way, uh, he dropped a new uh, note uh, from the investment club as well, the CNBC investment club, uh, which all of you, I hope you all know about that at at this point. They say they're trimming Walmart shares. Let's get to that one, Doc. You have Walmart calls. um, So they're selling 150 shares at basically 150 bucks. Just shy of that. They say 149.33. They still hold 850 shares. That represents a little more than 3% of the overall portfolio. Um, What do you make of this move for somebody who's got Target stock and calls and who had Walmart calls? And uh, I presume that you still do? I do, Scott. And I have written calls against the calls that I own um, because, you know, I want to hold this one until Black Friday. Uh, it's a seasonal trade that we try to always get in. Uh, if we're not already in the retailers, we want to be in consumer discretionary and in particular retailers exposed to the holiday shopping season, Labor Day to Black Friday. That's my trade every year. It's a seasonal trade. Um, I added to Walmart. I like it. I'm not saying Jim's wrong for taking some profits because you're never wrong to take profits. And Jim's a smart guy, been doing this for a few years. Um, but I like holding this one, Scott, until that Black Friday. So that's why I'm more willing to sell 150 calls, sell 155 calls instead of selling the stock, because I think it could have more legs over the next four weeks, basically. So that's my play. But again, Jim's being disciplined. You can never knock someone for being disciplined. 
Yeah, let me just remind you, too, uh, the CNBC.com forward slash investing club. Point your phone as well, your camera uh, right there at the QR code, and it'll take you right there, make everything a little bit easier for you to the CNBC investing club. Let's get the headlines now with Rahel Solomon. Hi, Rahel. And here's what's happening at this hour. The number two Democrat in the House says that he is hopeful a spending deal, spending deal could be reached within hours. Majority Leader Steny Hoyer says that an agreement could set up a vote on a separate bipartisan infrastructure bill later this week. And on the news, President Biden on the campaign trail in Virginia. And who's leading the race to become that state's next governor? That's tonight at 7 Eastern. U.S. and European law enforcement have arrested 150 people and seized more than $31 million as part of a probe of darknet drug trafficking. The Justice Department says that the arrests are connected to a 10-month investigation. Sudan's ruling general says to the prime minister that he deposed is being held for his own safety. He accused other politicians of driving the country towards civil war. He says the military council will rule Sudan until an election in July of 2023. And Tom Brady giving a little more to the fan who returned a very special football. Brady threw his 600th touchdown on Sunday. He's the first quarterback to hit that mark. The ball was given to a fan by a teammate, but it was returned in exchange for signed Tom Brady jerseys and other gear. Now Brady is also giving that fan a Bitcoin as well. And Scott experts say that if he had held on to the ball and waited, it could have been worth as much as $500,000. But he got a Bitcoin too. So including. We'll including the most important expert in that story, Tom Brady himself, who last night said that the guy gave up all his leverage when he gave back the ball. But whatever, he's getting a a pretty decent haul. Rahel, thank you. Mm -hmm. All right, up next, the trades on some of today's biggest analyst calls, including one stock that you need to hear about because Josh recently bought it. Talk about it right after this. Last week, Cummins announced the production of its 100th battery electric bus in partnership with privately held Gillick. Over 50 transit agencies have already purchased or have orders in for the electric bus through 2023. Cummins, which is known for its diesel engines for heavy-duty trucks, also announced it will begin production on a 15-liter engine powered by natural gas as part of its plan for carbon neutrality by 2050. Shares of Cummins have underperformed so far this year. And that's your ESG Fast Fact of the Day. B2B selling is tougher than ever, and we feel your pain. If you're struggling to close deals, consider giving LinkedIn Sales Navigator a shot. This sales intelligence platform helps professionals like you engage high-value customers, drive higher revenue, and increase sales performance. Sales Navigator also guides you in targeting the right buyers, highlights key signals such as job changes or which accounts you should prioritize, and uncovers hidden hot prospects so you can find those buyers that are most likely to convert. Fueled by LinkedIn's 1 billion member platform, Sales Navigator gives you the most up-to-date first-party data, enabling you to unlock conversations with the people that matter. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash halftime report. That is LinkedIn.com slash Halftime Report for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to LinkedIn.com slash Halftime Report and get started. All right, I want to hit a few analyst calls now. Coinbase, shares are lower today. They are up nearly 40% in a month. Now, Citi, there's the stock today, down a little more than 1%. Citi initiates coverage today with a buy. They see a 27% upside. Josh, 415 
the price target. We go to you first because you just recently cool. bought this stock. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I didn't expect it to move as quickly as it did. I think I'm up 25 or 26 percent already. Um, this was like the easiest trade that I've been involved with uh, for a long time. You looked at the technicals. It had been consolidating and basing since May, uh, pretty much left for dead after its IPO. And then it starts to break out above that May level. You pull the trigger, the stock explodes. And oh, by the way, that coincides with a massive rally for all the DeFi protocols, uh, Bitcoin, ETH, etc. But the call here from Citi is exactly, I think, the point I was trying to make uh, when I pulled the trigger on the buy, which is that this is a direct exposure to increased retail and institutional involvement in crypto. Like, you don't have to overthink it. The, the more adoption there is, uh, the, the, the better Coinbase will do and the more enthusiasm there will be for their stock. That's exactly what's happening now. That's exactly what will happen into year end. Uh, Coinbase is uniquely positioned. They are the, uh, the company that spends as much money on, on lawyers as engineers. So, yes, there will be regulation. Yes, regulation actually will favor Coinbase relative to other companies in the space because they're already playing that game. Now they'll get involved with NFTs and staking and prepaid debit cards. And I just feel like if you're going to make a bet on adoption, this is the easiest bet that you can make. I do think the stock will have a forehandle eventually. Let's move to Best Buy, reiterated overweight at Piper Sandler. Stephanie Link, you own that company stock. Yeah, they've done a really good job in terms of execution throughout COVID, throughout supply chain issues. They've restructured, cut costs, lay off people. Um, they have tough comparisons, though, ahead for gross margins and same-store sales. I kind of think that's in the stock um, at 12 times earnings, uh, but that's just something to be mindful of. I'm keeping a little bit of powder dry so I could add if there is any disruption, because I do like the long-term story. I think this management has done a phenomenal job. All right, Disney gets reiterated market perform at BMO. Price target remains 195. Uh, told you in the last, I don't know, the last two, three weeks, Kramer's Charitable Trust has been, and been buying more of it on a couple of different occasions. Degas, you own it. There's the stock at 170. Yeah, so what we're seeing is definitely a market perform for Disney. The streaming service is going to be the laggard in, for Disney. But the reopen play into the parks is what we're really seeing as a benefit. So right now we're seeing Disney moving forward as a uh, market perform. All right. We do have a number of chip stocks hitting new record highs today and two big names in that space report earnings. Maybe two bellwethers in a sense. We'll get the trades from the committee next on The Half. Let's call your attention to Facebook shares once again, uh, trading now at session lows. Take a look right there. The stock is down nearly 5%. Had a pretty good battle on this program, too. On word that John Nigerian has sold 50% of his position over the last three days. Steve Weiss selling some of his Facebook. The other side, of course, is Stephanie Link, who said today on this program at the very top that she was adding to her position on some of the weakness that we've seen. So we're going to continue to follow that story. But nonetheless, Facebook shares at the lows of the session <coughs> down nearly 5%. Flip side of that, of course, is AMD, not at the lows of the session. That stock is hitting a new uh, all-time high today. Reports earnings after the bell with Texas Instruments. Let's talk AMD. Dr. J, uh, what can you say? Uh, it's been such a great story to talk about. Is it going to remain as such after earnings? 
There's certainly a lot of bets that it will, Scott. Um, last week, uh, end of last week, in fact, Friday, stock was 118 or maybe 119. They were buying the 130 calls. Um, the stock has been moving up, moving up, moving up. Um, and we'll see now they're in the 130, 135 call spread. Um, they being some institution, some random institution that I don't know. But I like following those big money trades, as you know, Scott. So I'm in it. We're in for the ride. Also bought NVIDIA today because of the uh, unusual activity. Bang, right on the opening today. They started buying upside calls in NVIDIA at the 340, I think, and whatever, uh, uh, 345 strikes, something like that. 240, 240 and 245 strikes. So big paper in that one as well, Scott. But those earnings aren't until November. Yeah, uh, well, look, stock's up nearly 6% today is NVIDIA, and that in and of itself is a new all-time high for a stock that Josh Brown talked about earlier today, too. Uh, there is Texas Instruments, underperformer year-to-date, it's down 1% relative to some of its peers. Uh, but it's front and center. At one point, people looked at this as a bellwether for the chip names. And in some respects, maybe they still do. Degas, you own the stock. What do you need to hear today to get this stock moving again? Yeah, so this is a company that has not gotten much attention, as you just indicated. However, it is uh, up some, uh, you know, 21 percent year to date. And what we're seeing in Texas Instrument is that it provides chips for the analog, industrials and automotive industry. It's doing that very well. It's very attractive at these levels. In addition, we're seeing profitability at the top end, top decile for profitability. And so what we're seeing is that this is a company that everyone should take a closer look at. Yeah, back to AMD uh, before we head to break, just to remind you that there is a CNBC exclusive interview with AMD CEO Lisa Su tomorrow morning, 9.15 a.m. Eastern, right on Squawk on the Street. You don't want to miss that. We do have more trades ahead, including John's unusual activity. We'll take a quick break. Come right back and do that. All right, John Najarian, let's do unusual activity. What do you see for us today? Well, we started off with social media, Scott. Might as well stick with that because this one I do see people stepping in and buying in a big way, and that's Snapchat. SNAP, of course, it's down 33% basically in the last week, Scott. They're buying, they're giving themselves time, though, for a rebound here. They're buying June at the 60 strike with the stock at about $56. Um, so that's a lot of time for them to be right. I like that, uh, but I still like buying at the money, and I hope to continue to write calls against that as the stock recovers, like I say, a 33% drop. Ouch. Take a look also at MPC. The opposite story just keeps going higher. This one, December 72.50 calls, and that's what the stock at 68 bucks. They bought 20,000. That's 2 million share equivalent at that strike, 72.50, like that. I'll hold that one probably a full month, maybe longer, Scott, because I'm looking for energy to keep pushing higher. All right. Appreciate that, Doc. Thank you. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll trade some of the stocks hitting new highs today. And, of course, we'll do final trades when we come back. All right. Let's talk about some new highs before we do final trades. Josh Brown, I want to start with you. Simon Property Group, SPG, longtime pick of yours. 
Yeah, the stock's been red hot lately. Um, we've been talking about it on the show since like 70. I've been adding to it as it's gone up. I continue to hold it. Bank of America just gave us five reasons why the stock should go up to 165 is their new upgraded target. So there's a lot going on here, 4.2% uh, distribution and uh, a lot of different ways to win. Tourists are coming back to coastal cities where Simon tends to be concentrated. They own 200 of the best experiential and retail properties in the world, quite frankly, um, and they're poised to reap that benefit. They've also bought a lot of companies, retailers, uh, during the pandemic for pennies, including Brooks Brothers, and that's now going to become a profitable enterprise for them. So I really love the stock. I'm staying with it. I think it goes much higher. All right, Steph. Uh, Aptiv, APTV, all-time highs, back to the IPO. Yeah, it's a great company. It's an auto parts, auto technology company, number one in its industry. Um, and they're outgrowing the market by double digits. They're taking share. They've got a strong balance sheet. They did lower guidance already because of supply chain. So I think the, the setup going forward is much more favorable as the supply chain eases for them. Good breakout stock lately. Netflix, Degas, all-time highs. Back to its IPO. Yeah, so ultimately what they've added, they added 4 million paid subscribers during the third quarter. And so also they have content, they have the global growth. So this Netflix is on a tear right now and will continue. Okay, Home Depot is trading at all-time highs, Doc. Yeah, and there's bets that it goes to uh, 385, Scott. Um, they were buying 375s, they bought 380s, 385s. Earnings the middle of November, I think, Scott, around the 16th. And uh, I think these guys are going to put up some astonishing numbers. Uh, and they just did that deal, I believe, with Walmart to go or something like that uh, for delivery of product and so forth. I think that can only help them. All right. Degas, why don't you give me a final trade? Manhattan Associates, supply chain software. This is going to be able to solve the bottleneck in the supply chain. Okay, there's that stock getting a little bit of a boost. Stephanie Link? Mattel, the company beat and raised last week. It's a third time this year. Gross margins held steady. Gross billings up 11%. Trades at 19 times earnings. I like the story. All right, Dr. J? CVS, Scott. I bought the 8750 calls that expire Friday uh, because of unusual activity at higher strikes. I like this one going into the end of the week. Sounds like CrowdStrike is you, Josh Brown. Yeah, new record high for CrowdStrike today. What more can I say? Top billing. Yep. All right, good stuff. Thanks, everybody. The exchange starts now. You've been listening to CNBC's Halftime Report, the podcast. You can always catch us live weekdays at 12 Eastern, only on CNBC. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.